Sometimes going to the grocery store can be chaotic. There doesn't seem to be enough time to check the list, make sure everything is there, search for the best prices, and take the time to make sure you get the best quality meat. So let ButcherBox help you out. Giving you peace of mind, ButcherBox delivers high-quality meat and seafood that you can trust straight to your door. No grocery carts required. Humanely raised, no antibiotics or hormones, 100% grass-fed, free-range, and crate-free, what more can you ask for? What about free shipping, customized box plans, exclusive member deals, recipe inspirations, tips, and tricks? You really can't go wrong with ButcherBox. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breasts, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and use code morning cup to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. There were two more murders 15 miles well, away. Arrived, the they found the telephone and electricity line described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird religion. Morning. Cup of murder. There are stories that almost everyone knows. A name that when you hear, you can't help but think of all the details you know about that person and their crimes. On February 29th, 1960, the Night Stalker was born. So if you like your coffee hot, but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Richard Ramirez was born on February 29, 1960, in El Paso, Texas, to a family with four other siblings. Their father, a former Mexican policeman turned Santa Fe Railroad laborer, was known for his fits of anger and to get physical with his children when angry. Richard suffered from lasting head injuries that resulted in seizures at the hands of his father. As a boy, Richard spent a lot of his time with his older cousin, Miguel. This former Green Beret would regale his young cousin with gruesome stories and pictures of the violence seen and inflicted in the Vietnam War. He told stories of the women he raped, showed him photos of him posing in front of bodies with severed heads, and taught him how to kill all while smoking marijuana. This man and his influence was Richard's escape from his father's violence. Richard Ramirez was present the day that this same cousin fatally shot his wife in the face with a 38 caliber revolver. The shooting left him sullen and withdrawn, and just a year later, he began his life of crime with a few peeping Tom incidents, an activity he did with his sister's husband. He then began experimenting with harder drugs like LSD and became interested in Satanism. Then, in 1977, after just four years of incarceration in a state mental hospital, Richard's cousin was released and back into his life. While in high school, he began working at the Holiday Inn where he used his key to rob rooms as their occupants lay sleeping. On one occasion, a husband awoke to find Richard on top of his wife trying to rape her. The couple declined to return to testify against him, so no criminal charges were ever brought up. At age 22, after dropping out of school in the ninth grade, Richard moved to California. After only a few years in California, Richard began a 14-month killing spree that began on June 28, 1984, 
and ended the lives of 13 people and the assault on countless more. His first victim, 78-year-old Jenny Vincow, was found in the bed of her Los Angeles apartment, having been brutally raped before having her throat cut so deep that she was almost decapitated. Not just that, but her home had been robbed and showed signs of forced entry. On March 17, 1985, Maria Hernandez, just 22, pulled into her driveway and was met with a man pointing a gun at her face. He shot her, but the bullet managed to ricochet off her keys when she lifted her hands to protect herself. She was able to escape, but her roommate, Dale Okazaki, wasn't so lucky. She became his second murder victim after she was shot in the forehead as she tried to duck behind the counter. An hour later, he shot and killed 32-year-old Sai Lian Yu as he pulled her out of her car. Ten days later, he broke into the home of Vincent and Maxine Zazara, a home that he had burglarized a year before, and shot and killed Vincent while he was sleeping. He then assaulted Maxine before stabbing her to death. Before he left, he gouged out her eyes and left them in the jewelry box. Their bodies were discovered by their son, who called the police. When they arrived, they found a sneaker print in the flower bed. This was a very important clue that was then photographed and cast. On May 14th, he did a similar attack on 66-year-old Bill Doy and his 56-year-old disabled wife, Lillian. Doy was shot in the face, beaten to unconsciousness, and then his wife was bound and raped while he ransacked the home for valuables. On May 29th, he bludgeoned to death Florence Lang, 81, before binding her sister, 83-year-old Mabel Bell, bludgeoning and shocking her with an electric cord. He then raped Florence and drew a pentagram on her thigh and wall with lipstick. The women were found two days later, alive, but comatose. Mabel later died from her injuries. Next to die was 75-year-old Mary Louise Cannon, who was bludgeoned, repeatedly stabbed with a kitchen knife. Then came 61-year-old Lucille Nelson, who he beat to death with his hands and feet on July 7, 1985. The shoe print from a sneaker matching the one from the Zazara home was found imprinted on Lucille's face. On July 20th, he took his recently purchased machete and broke into the home of Leela Needling, 66, and her husband Mox, 68. He hacked the couple before killing them with a shot in the head. He continued to mutilate the bodies before robbing their home and fleeing. Then, on the same night, came the death of the Kavanaugh family. Once inside of their home, he shot Chainarong Kovanaugh in the head with a 25 caliber gun, killing him instantly. He then repeatedly raped, beat, and sodomized Somkid Kovananth before binding their eight-year-old son. By now, the entire state was living in fear of the Night Stalker. He was all over the news, in all of the papers, and was the subject on everyone's lips. He struck at random, and the ages of his victims and their race were all random. The only connection was the possible satanic rituals, but even that was hard to connect. People were trying to protect themselves and their families, and the sales of guns, locks, and window bars skyrocketed. 
he continued his crime spree despite the constant media coverage and community diligence. The August 18th murder of Peter and Barbara Pan left their walls adorned with a pentagram and a shoe print that matched the past crimes. Then, the August 24th attempted break-in at the Romero home ended with 13-year-old James Romero interrupting Richard and getting a description of the stolen getaway car. With his plan ruined, he broke into the home of Bill Carnes and his fiancée, Inez Erickson. He shot 30-year-old Bill in the head three times before turning to Inez, telling her he was the Night Stalker and forced her to swear her love to Satan as he beat her with his bare hands. He then dragged her to another room, raped and sodomized her before making the fatal mistake of saying, tell them the Night Stalker was here and leaving her alone and able to identify him. Inez and Bill both survived and she was able to give a detailed description of Richard Ramirez. The stolen car was retrieved and on the rearview mirror was a single fingerprint that belonged to Richard Ramirez. And along with the print came the 1984 mugshot that matched the description given by Inez. He was their night stalker. Soon, the name and face of Richard Ramirez were being shown on every media outlet. On August 31st, after spending time in Arizona and unaware of his recent celebrity, Richard came off the bus and noticed a group of elderly women identifying him as El Matador, or the killer. After attempting to steal a car and flee, he was chased by bystanders and subdued until the police could take him into custody. On September 20th, 1989, Richard Ramirez was convicted of 13 counts of murder, 5 of attempted murder, 11 of sexual assault, and 14 of burglary. He was sentenced to die in the gas chamber. In 2009, he was connected to the 1984 murder of a nine-year-old named May Leung, who was found in the basement of the hotel she lived in in San Francisco. This was Richard's first known killing, years before his Night Stalker killings. Richard died on June 7, 2013, due to complications secondary to B-cell lymphoma. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on March 1st. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Thank you for listening to Morning Cup of Murder. This is a daily podcast that tells you what happened on this day in true crime history. In short, easy to listen to episodes that you can finish on your commute or while you enjoy your morning coffee. So make sure you check back every morning. My name is Karina. I am the creator and host. You can find Morning Cup of Murder on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I have also set up a Patreon where you can donate a small monthly contribution to the podcast. All those links are in the episode description. Thank you again and have a wonderful day.